Okay. Well, here we are. Cell Phone Talks episode, podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, coming along and, and letting me speak with you here. Absolutely. At my home. I, I do appreciate you coming out. Um, Jabari Hall. Yes. Is your name. Yes. What is your game? Can you tell <laughs> us what it is you do? Uh, what it is that I do. I run a, uh, run a bunch of things. I run a non-profit organization, run a for-profit organization mm-hmm. dealing with social and emotional learning, uh, and it's called Jay Has Heart. That's, has, the, that's the non-profit? Jay Has Heart is the for-profit. Okay. The non-profit is Think, Think Positive and Dream Big Incorporated. Okay. Um, so I kind of work in between those two organizations to um, partner up with any kind of entity. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of what I do. Um, some folks require you to be a non-profit or a for-profit. Sure. So I'm like, I'm going to get both of them. That's smart. Hire some people. Make it work. Awesome. Yeah. So... I'd like to know, I know we've talked about it before, um, one of the times that we met before, but mm-hmm. what's kind of the structure of both? What do they look like? You said you have a team, uh, I assume, for the for-profit yeah. uh, organization. And what does that look like? And then what does the other side of the nonprofit look like? Yeah. Uh, I run both of them the same way. Okay. So it's really one organization, which is, re- which is weird. Yeah. Um, I run them separately, but the same team manages both. Okay, okay. So it's really a bunch of interns that I have that I'll hire along the way. Some folks that are professionals that just want uh, extra hours of work mm-hmm. or students that are looking for internships. I provide them with opportunities. And it's really folks who are able to help me manage my calendar, mm-hmm. uh, help me to make phone calls, kind of cold calls to different organizations to let them know about Jay Has Heart or mm-hmm. Think Positive and Dream Big. And, you know, get the business out there. And then, really, it's follow-up calls, follow-up emails, those kind of things. So a lot of administrative tasks. Sure. But a lot of what I do when I bring people in the organization, a part of the job description says, I'm going to help you with something. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the initial thing. It's you're coming into this organization with a need somehow, whether it is some kind of um, self-awareness need, social awareness need, right? Mm-hmm. There's these five competencies. How can I help you in some area? Mm-hmm. One of the areas that people generally need help with in is setting goals. Mm-hmm. So before they even do any administrative tasks for me, I help them with goal-setting techniques and once they're better equipped that way, then I say, okay, great. Now here's some job functions that you need to complete. Mm. So that's really how it is. It's really me letting them know the same way I want to help young people from this, in this organization, uh, I'm going to help my employees in the organization. Oh, that's good. With, you're right? So yes. it's, it's really working on social emotional learning within the organization mm-hmm. and from my own mantra within the organization. And then now it's going to bleed out into the work that we do with the communities. That's great. So I think the last time you had mentioned you have six interns mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, with mm-hmm. the for-profit, yeah. Jay Has Heart. Yeah. And so they're doing the administrative type work. So they came in yeah. wanting to dive or dive a little deeper into social and emotional learning in general yeah. and learn something themselves to implement in their own lives. You know, it's funny. So I'll say yes and no. Okay. Yes, because... Part of the job description is 
identify, I identified certain parts of social emotional learning, the competencies. So if I say, do you want to develop goals for yourself, right? This kind of social responsibility or something like that, or um, um, self-management, excuse me, self-management. Or do you want to work on how do you communicate with people? Mm -hmm. These kind of things. I'll list certain things out that match up with the competencies. And I wouldn't sell, tell them that we're going to do social emotional learning. I'd okay. say, you okay. know, what do you, want to, what do you want to better in your life? Is it do you want to learn how to self-assess yourself? Do you want to learn how to be optimistic, right? Self-awareness. Um, or any one of those competencies. And then later on, I'll kind of introduce it as, well, these are, these are part of the competencies. So now it's kind of a thought experiment as well mm. because a lot of people may be apprehensive to a word or a theory or a subject such as SCL if they aren't aware of the impact of it. Mm -hmm. So now if I introduce it as non-SCL and I just say goal setting mm -hmm. and I just say learning how to be optimistic and mm -hmm. I just say learning how to be empathetic and they're like, yeah, you know, I, I do need to know how to interact with different cultures mm -hmm. and understand their struggle or do certain things. Great, let's work on that. And now I'll say, wow, you know, actually that was part of uh, SCL. That's what SCL is. That's you know. awesome. So you're using the material that you yourself are trying to, to teach others through yes. your work to your employees, yeah. but you're using it actually in theory towards them. Mm -hmm. So now they're just learning what's more relatable and known mm -hmm. to them. Mm -hmm. And then from the, from the end of it or the background of it, uh, saying, hey, well, this is, this is what I'm here doing. Yeah. That's it, awesome. Right. Because it's, it's, so, it's, it's going to allow them to not just buy in from the beginning, like say, yeah, I'm all for it. I want to work for SEL. Mm -hmm. But more so, man, it actually worked for me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I can see this working. Now I see why I've joined this organization. You're going to push for it further or push for it harder when you're speaking with, with other people. So your work that you're doing is yeah. being done yeah. internally and you're creating yeah. people who are yeah. actual credible resources. Yes. And actually it's occurring in there. That's, exactly. that's smart. Yeah. I think that's uh, the way to do it, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, great. So yeah. you've been, uh, I guess, managing these two organizations for how long now? Uh, off and on, maybe nine years. Okay. JS Heart, nine years, and then a few years for the nonprofit. Okay. And so for the listeners, I know we've talked about it before, mm -hmm. but exactly um, what are the individual things that you do on a day-to-day -day basis um, that are a part of the organization? Okay. For, for your clientele, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Day-to-day -day things for the organization. So I, I, I have opportunities where I get to administer the curriculum to different schools. So I'm traveling around to different schools and different cities and administering parts of the curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I'm administering workshops. So we develop workshops um, that directly help with a certain competency within social emotional learning. Okay. Yeah. So I'll facilitate those workshops. Uh, outside of that, I'm doing um, some cold calls myself, mm -hmm. calling out to folks and introducing what the program is about, introducing J has heart, um, or meeting up with local community organizations and having meetings with them and letting them know um, how Jay Has Heart is different from any other kind of social emotional learning platform or company that they've encountered. Mm -hmm. So I'll do that. I saw the business sense. But in order for me to 
properly communicate uh, what SCL is about, mm -hmm. I have to live and breathe SCL. Mm -hmm. So I have to do personal development, development myself. I have to practice my self-awareness. I have to practice my social awareness. I have to practice all these competencies and master it um, in order to administer it the proper, proper way. So a lot of time I am choosing to do some personal development. Um, and I do it, I try to incorporate it in my daily routine mm -hmm. so it's not a compartmentalized activity. Right. Right? It's part of this daily routine where it's just like, okay, do this, do that, do this, and uh, it makes it much easier. Absolutely. And then that's also a thought experiment because mm -hmm. now if I'm doing it and I'm being successful at it, mm -hmm. when I'm promoting it to other people who either um, aren't successful at it or who haven't even tried it before, I'm the product of it. Mm -hmm. And I, I can also, you know, I can uh, speak to it. I have a testament to it. So and it just goes back to your, at the end of the day, quote unquote, selling yourself. Yeah. Because you are uh, essentially what the organization is, is giving out. Exactly. So, okay, a couple of things from that then. Um, the curriculum that you're speaking of, <clears throat> what is, I guess, the most highly sought after competency or workshop assessment uh, that you find and throughout your work? That's a good question. That's a good question. I ask it because really we can revert back to this, this question first, which is what do you find is the most challenging about, um, I guess, getting your work enough notice to gain those clientele because yeah. social and emotional learning, emotional intelligence, mm -hmm. you know, started to gain some traction in the late 90s, mm -hmm. in the 2000s, it got a little bit more in the business world. Mm -hmm. right. And now, right. in the late, you know, uh, 2012, Teens, yeah. yeah, 2018 now, yeah. um, you're seeing it more and more in education yes. and personal life. Yes. Um, but it's still gaining that familiarity with everyone. Right. And like you said before, um, people are still more familiar with learning empathy, mm -hmm. learning how to set goals rather than uh, some of the competencies that are involved in social emotional learning. So what is the biggest challenge for you when it comes to your entire organization and your work uh, and presenting these type of ideas to people? Wow. Uh, so that's a different question and a, and a major question as well. Okay. Um, what I'll do is I'll answer the first one and I'll, and I'll come back to this one. I hope that the answer from the first one might be able to help the answer from the second but maybe I've just made it more complex. But we'll I think see. you <laughs> a little bit of both. I think the first one was what's the most sought after mm -hmm. one, and then the second one is you know what's the most difficult part of really presenting this and having folks buy into it. See, so the most sought after part of I think social emotional learning or this program is. Kind of having students um, being self-aware. A lot of leaders want their students to be um, optimistic about their future. And with that, um, they, they attribute that optimism to their course. Um, so I can see why they want that. And of course, it, 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 this all starts with self. So I can see why they want that. So mm -hmm. a lot of it is about self-awareness. Having students being aware of who they are, who they can be, having some perspective about themselves and having this belief about themselves. So with that, 
there's a workshop called Think Positive and Dream Big. Mm -hmm. That's the flagship workshop of the organization. Okay. And that's been highly sought after because it speaks directly to self-awareness, but also social awareness and um, a little bit of, of, of um, self-management. Mm -hmm. So that's the most sought after part of things. Okay. And that's what people most request. Now, what's the most difficult part? It's... It's, it's, it's interesting to answer that. It's, I'll answer it in two ways. One is having leaders who are trained to administer education in a particular way, having them to understand the importance of social-emotional learning. Mm -hmm. So getting them to buy into the concept of social-emotional learning. Now, a lot of institutions right now are picking up on it. I'll go in to have these meetings uh, with prospective clients and... They'll either say, oh, okay, we're actually learning to, going to do that next fall, or um, our district is bringing that into our program, and we right. have to find ways to bring it in. So uh, they're becoming aware of it and trying to find places to put it in, put it in their curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, um, but it's just challenging because they are not, I don't know if they're proponents on it or, or, or not, but they're, they're so busy with how their structure is and completing their structure, which is kind of the natural way kids have been educated for so much years now. Mm -hmm. um, they're so busy with that, that they are seeing the importance of bringing in this kind of curriculum into the um, educational system that they're in and, 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 and helping them. So it's difficult for that buy-in. Now, the other part of it is like any other major system in America, um, education is like an institution. It's an institutionalized way of doing things. So when you have an institutionalized ways of, way of doing something, uh, there's profit around it. Mm -hmm. there, is, there is history behind it and the way we do things and people conforming to old standards. Absolutely. So, so with that, because it's the educational system and the way kids are educated these days, and even we being educated at, at that age... Folks are just tied into that, and there's there's a hard gate to really bring up or, or go through mm. uh, to bring an SCL in a, in a school. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like no, this is how our school is built, and this is how we have to t we have to um, um, study for the test. We have to practice for the test. We have a state test coming up, and then after that state test is another state test. Mm -hmm. After that state test is another state test, and they have to pass this. It's like it's been teaching to the test. It's been so um, one way of doing something mm -hmm. that it's hard to really break that chain. So you have, again, people with the perspective of how education should be and the old standard. And then you have this institutionalized way of doing things that people are following. So it's even harder to break through that to mm -hmm. show the importance of social and emotional learning. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes total sense, obviously, yeah. with the state of education that we have today. Um, and with these big organizations that are, uh, have been related and, and really kind of the front runners of this field mm -hmm. since, again, the 90s or so. Yeah. Uh, Castle. Yeah. Um, and the other big, big ones, you know. Um, from what I have learned in the, in the current day, mm -hmm. um, their biggest problem is coming to the conclusion that individual program programs 
throughout individual parts of the year are worth it, but are not creating a big enough change that it could be. And I kind of like to relate it to uh, health, uh, physical health, Mm -hmm. which is you can have um, someone exercising from time to time, drinking the amount of water they should be every other day, eating some of the fruits and vegetables that they should, um, but is it all the time? And what's going to create that major difference? Yeah. It's when you implement it all the time. And so their biggest problem is trying to implement this cell uh, education and intertwine it with academic education so that it's all year round, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to convince teachers, like you said, Mm -hmm. uh, school leaders who have been doing this for decades, Mm -hmm. uh, that it needs to be that way. Yeah. And so um, for you coming in um, in in the way that you are... Mm -hmm almost a one-man show, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Trying to fit in as much as you can. Still, I wonder if they're able to see, okay, yeah, he came in, he did a great job. It seems like the, the, the kids responded well. Mm-hmm. But then what? Mm-hmm. What happens in two months when they kind of forget? Mm-hmm. So, so I, I, I guess that's like a, like a comment, right? It was mm-hmm. more of a comment and I'll add on top of that comment. Like, I see that happening so often. Um, and I see major companies or major social emotional learning organizations see them facing that that battle. You know, I, I have a little bit different perspective when it comes to when it comes to sh- uh, administering social emotional learning a, a curriculum all the time. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at the the health example you gave. You're going to have someone, take two people, you're going to have this one person who is a, a health connoisseur, a, a health, health uh, uh, enthusiast. Mm-hmm. So they are going to drink the water, they are going to eat the healthy fruits and vegetables, they are going to follow a healthy diet um, and a healthy workout regimen mm-hmm. uh, because they believe in this and, and health and, and, and preserving their temple, their body. But you're also going to have someone who is maybe half of the way interested in health. Mm-hmm. And maybe they say, you know what, I can't be healthy every day, or I can't eat healthy every day, or that's not who I am. And they want to adopt it just a little bit. And maybe two days out of the week, they're, they're going to not eat pizza. They're going to drink water. They're going to eat a fruit, right? Mm-hmm. That little change that that person is bringing into their life matters a whole lot more than if we had a third person that was doing nothing. Absolutely. Yes, the person who is... Who is the health buff, the health enthusiast is maximizing on the opportunity and gaining as much out of it. Mm-hmm. But the person in the middle is still capitalizing a little bit. Sure. And now it depends on them if they want to now go to either extreme, back to the way they were, mm-hmm. or to the health enthusiast. So when you look at um, social emotional learning, it's the same thing. Mm. When you introduce it to a student, just like... All these quotes, right? Once the mind is exposed to something, it can't contract. Once the mind expands, it can't contract. Mm-hmm. Once your mind is open to something, it becomes curious. Mm-hmm. And if students are introduced to SCL, it doesn't have to be, uh, yes, it should be on a reoccurring basis, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be um, an everyday thing to see change. Uh, they could be. Uh, taught SEL two days out of the week. They can be taught SEL for two weeks in the beginning of a semester and help carry them through the rest of the semester. 
it, now, so 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 it it doesn't have to be every day. It could be every so often, mm-hmm. but the mere fact that we're introducing it and we're bringing it into the body, mm-hmm. we're bringing it into the spirit, it has, um, it it can only help. Absolutely, it can only help. And I think I'll give you one more example. It's like bringing anything into our into our body, mm-hmm. right? Uh, or even if you do an experiment and you drop. Um, for example, we're drinking tea right now. Mm-hmm. If we didn't keep the tea bags in the water, the water wouldn't turn the color that it is right now. Mm-hmm. But if we just steeped it for one minute instead of three or five minutes, the water would still turn some color. Mm-hmm. So if SCL enters the system, it's mm-hmm. still in there. It may not be as potent, mm-hmm. just like this tea is potent, but it will still be in the system. Absolutely. And, and, and that's... Where I want folks to understand the importance of SCL and how the how it could be impactful on the student. So now, when it, to your ending point mm-hmm. of what do folks say when yes, you come into the school, kids are in, um, they are, they become enthusiastic, they're inspired by this workshop, and then two weeks later they're not. Mm-hmm. What happens? Well, one, you. That's when you bring back the program on a reoccurring basis, whatever you deem necessary. Maybe it's every month, maybe it's every two months, mm-hmm. and you work out a package, which would be great. Or you recognize that that one little change, that, I mean, that one little workshop uh, may have impacted person A, student A, a little bit more than it did student B. And maybe student A and B isn't as enthusiastic about it as they were the day of the workshop. Mm. But maybe they just need a little reminder from their mom, their dad, their teacher mm. about what they learned to help spark that again. Sure. So it doesn't have to be the, the, the organization coming back to help promote more SCL. Mm-hmm. It's the teachers now. It's the mom and dad at home to also work together and, and, and help continue that effort, help to jog their memory Absolutely. so that it continues on and it helps them. So. And, that's what go, uh, and I would go into how that's why Jay has heart is the way it is. Mm. We basically work um, in a village mentality. It's understanding the need for the child, yes, uh, but also working with the leaders of a school to understand the needs of a child, yep. and uh, and working with the parents to understand the need of this child. All of us working together to keep um, watering the seed, watering this plant, watering this child mm-hmm. to grow. So that was going to be my question too. At least within the workshop that you keep referring to. It is in some way uh, involving the family or the parents, at least, too. Is that this, correct? The particular workshop, well, each workshop is designed within JS Heart, right? Mm-hmm. Not any other organization like Castle or anything else. Within JS Heart, we are different than any other organization mm-hmm. because we understand the individualized need of a student okay. or the individualized need of a human period. Mm-hmm. We each learn differently. We each understand things differently. Whether it is a student who's 13 years old or 9 years old or an adult who's 24 or 30. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, the packages or the workshops are specifically designed to fit certain demographics, certain groups of students that, um, uh, that fit a, a particular demographic, a, dif- a particular social uh, economic standard, uh, status. So... We differ in that way. When it comes to the workshops directed towards parents and students at the same time, no, it's not. 
there are workshops particularly for students, mm -hmm. workshops particularly for parents, and workshops or seminars particularly for leaders of schools. Okay. And that's because the rhetoric is going to be different. Sure. Students are going to intake information a little bit differently than an, an adult. And an adult who's a parent versus someone who's a teacher in their profession is going to receive information a little bit different as well. Sure. So each one of them have to go through a different set of, uh, a different type of workshop or seminar to really have the importance of social emotional learning hit home. To okay, them. perfect. Yeah. So, okay, awesome. To kind of move towards, a, I guess, a, a conclusion here then, yeah. um, we've been speaking more on a, a macro level, yeah. but I'm going to put you in the, under the microscope here oh, man, I feel with, the heat. with a bit more personal question because it has to do with more of your vision for the long term Yes, um, with the organizations and just your work in general. Um, what is your organization looking like five years, ten years? Yeah. Um, and this is personal and it has to do with your vision, which means it could be as simple as maybe I'm not doing this at all tomorrow. Yeah. But maybe if this is what you continue to kind of go down the path path with, yeah. what is it doing? I mean, are you um, working more and more towards the ability to continually um, present this material to the same kids down the line more and more as they grow into their education? Or uh, are you more focused on simply with more reach into introduction to new kids? I mean, what's kind of the vision there? I like that. So it's... I heard like three questions in one. I yeah. was listening very intently there. <laughs> heard three questions in one, and I want to answer all three of them. I'm not going to be too long with it. Okay. But first, I'll say that we can't cover everything that Jay has heart is about or the, the, the reasons for the passion or the goals of Jay has heart. Mm -hmm. Not in this time frame. So if, you, if the folks that are listening, you want more information, you can contact um, uh, me or any one of my assistants assistance at uh, jhasheart.com plug so yes well because like i can give statistics about what really happens to students if they yeah. are you know but but to go down that road my tone would probably change absolutely why because it's like i'm passionate about it mm -hmm. so i'm really trying to just keep it at a like casual conversation sure sure um, i don't think i would be in this line of business or started this organization if i wasn't passionate about um, social emotional learning. Mm -hmm. So with the questions you had in terms of five-year, 10-year goals, and then also um, the second part, the second question would be if I am, if this organization is more of, uh, more of helping students on a recurring basis or spreading the information out to the masses, mm -hmm. which direction. So pertaining to those questions now. First one, five-year, 10-year goal. So in, in five years, my vision for JAS Heart is that it's in multiple cities across the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, it being the curriculum that we've designed, mm -hmm. being in multiple cities across the U.S. Um, uh, and in multiple schools. Now, multiple meaning if we can get at least five or six schools from different cities, cities like Chicago, cities like parts of New York, and cities like Dallas, mm -hmm. and D.C. and, and Philadelphia... Um, then the, informa uh, the, 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 the impact, the data, will be able to spread amongst the folks there and we can incorporate more people within those five years. Okay. Now, 10 years. Within 10 years, because of how SCL has been moving along, mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and being filtered or, or being introduced, excuse me, to um, folks and being accepted a little bit more. Within that decade, um, the goal or the vision is to now be in front of Congress mm. and have them understand here's 10 years worth of data based on J. Has Hart's work. Mm. Not based off of Castle, not based off of any other large institution, because I think once, um, not, no, nothing to knock against them, but I think when, once they get to that level, it's a little bit about more about profit than anything else. I'm not speaking to sure. the goals or anything, but that's just, I guess, my assumption. I'm going to deem it as an assumption and, and be okay with that okay. assumption. No worries. However, for J.S. Hart, it's about um, the truth behind SEL. It's about, it's about what social and emotional learning um, does for kids and for human beings, period. Mm-hmm. So in 10 years, um, my vision would be me sitting in front of Congress somehow and lobbying and asking and petitioning mm-hmm. for institutionalized institutionalization institutionalization excuse mm. me and implementation of, and implementation of social emotional learning in every school okay now that may be an initial conversation that occurs an initial petition that occurs and that may carry on for another five or ten years yep. but at least being in front of them to say this is a nationwide epidemic mm-hmm. that if we are not doing this in front and for every type of student then um, um, we are definitely um, going to be at a disadvantage. Mm. Um, and when we talk about, and within those 10 years, we'll also be able to get data around what um, students have been able to do in their performance. Are they testing at, at a better percentile? Mm-hmm. Um, and then now we'll see, okay, well, are we competing against other nations? Right? So hopefully under those 10 years, we can get that kind of data to really present in front of Congress and say, like hey, that. hey th- this, is, this is serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and once, that, once that's out there, Congress may not say, and I'm hoping they do say this, though, uh, uh, they do uh, comply or agree. They may say, um, you know what, it's not that important right now. But maybe four or five members that are listening to it say, you know what, I'm going to look into this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And then now it starts to spread. The conversation now becomes on a national level. Absolutely. Um, so that's the vision there. Now, when it comes to um, how t- uh, how J.S. Hart sees... Uh, Excuse me. How to uh, the curriculum should be administered, or um, should it be widespread, or on a repetitive nas- uh, nature mm-hmm. basis? It's really both. Yeah, I was gonna say after hearing that. Yeah, it sounds like it's at some point just gonna continue to go hand in hand together. Right. Yeah. Well, because again, see what we what we tend to do is we anything that we want to educate folks on. We create a um, a rigid way of doing it. We institutionalize something. Okay, well, we're teaching math. We're going to institutionalize math, and you have to learn algebra and geometry, and then this and then that, and that's mm-hmm. how it works. And and um, and um, you know, a formal way of doing things. Yes, I can understand that. But with SEL, SEL is coined SEL for. Yes, educational purposes and, and some things that people can wrap their minds around when it comes to the, putting these five competencies, competencies together. Mm-hmm. But it's really a, a branch or um, a way of describing just people developing themselves, mm-hmm. just people being better people. Mm-hmm. So with that, when you're 21, you're trying to figure out certain things in your life. And if you t- 
if you read books, you'll learn some um, valuable information about self-awareness techniques, how to, how, to, how to become more confident, to become more optimistic. Mm. Um, there's a great book, uh, The Success of a Positive Mental Attitude. Um, Success Through a Positive Mental Attitude, mm -hmm. Napoleon Hill and uh, W. Clement Stone. That's a great way of creating some self-awareness for yourself. But if you're 21, you're developing that. 25, someone says, hey, you need to have some goals in your life. What are you going to do at 30? What are you going to do at 40? What are you going to do at 50? Mm -hmm. All right. Um, maybe when you're a teenager, folks are saying, okay, you know, that's not how you act with folks. And you should be a better young man, a better young lady, right? How to interact with society and things. So you're learning these things in life. Mm -hmm. So it's this now, if we now put great words around it, like social and emotional learning, Great words around it like self-awareness and social awareness and self-management. Okay, yeah. let's coin it that way and put it and help students with it. It's going to be the same thing in terms of when there are, we say mini scholars. So when they're in third to fifth grade, mm -hmm. they're going to need to learn how to uh, identify uh, or acknowledge emotions and all these different things. Mm -hmm. Then when they become junior scholars, 6th to 8th grade, they're going to have to be able to analyze things now. Their mind is working a little bit differently. Sure. When they become senior scholars now, now they are um, strategizing and developing um, how to go forward with things. So each step with us facilitating social-emotional learning, they're growing in that. Absolutely. They're getting better at that. So it has to be... A recurring thing. Mm. It has to be a, a, a repetitive thing where they're coming back and learning more about it, getting more in depth with it. Just like a relationship, just like anything else. You have mm -hmm. to get yourself more engrossed in it and learn as you get older. Yep. Things you did at 21 or things that you're doing now, you never thought you were doing at 21. Well, because that's because you're 24 and you're different. Your mind is different. Your perspective is different. You've learned different things. Mm -hmm. So social emotional learning is the same way. You have to um, teach them different things and how to analyze and interpret and decode and, and evaluate and demonstrate things at different ages. Mm -hmm. So that's it has to happen that way in terms of repetitive, a repetitive nature. But also it has to be widespread because if now all of them can't, get the repetitive information, get this curriculum repeated over and over in a more in-depth way as they get older, then even if we get to introduce the concept mm -hmm. back to the analogy of the tea in the water, mm -hmm. of something in our bloodstream, whatever, it gets introduced to them, they're exposed to it. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest words is exposure. How are students being exposed to new People, new situations, new things, new experiences, and that's how we, we grow. Mm. So it's both. Yeah. It has absolutely. to be repetitive and it has to be widespread. Absolutely. And yeah. sorry to go so long winded, but I really wouldn't need to articulate that. No, absolutely. Yeah. And towards the end, I think you really broke it down into yeah. how it evolves and, and why it needs to be that way. So it makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I think you know this, but I think the trick as it all does evolve is going to be. Um, making sure that you're taking the necessary steps to get to that vision you were talking about mm -hmm. while simultaneously making a very big emphasis on your focus to keep it super simple, which is right. what we're doing here right. is exposing kids to how to be 
good human beings yeah. to themselves and to other people, yeah. right? And so uh, that's the trick, to play that level playing field the entire way out. Yeah. Uh, it's a man, It's great stuff, though. It's yeah. great stuff. Yeah. Um, okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, is there anything We did that, a handshake, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you not seeing the video, yeah. um, is there anything that you want to leave uh, to the listeners, whether it be, um, you know, uh, telling them what they can do or yeah. maybe just simply how they can uh, connect with you more and if they want to learn more, whatever it is. Yeah, most definitely. I'll start with the information to connect with me or mm-hmm. um, my organization uh, and then I'll leave, leave with a note. So if you want to get in contact with my organization, it's J has heart, J-H-A-S, H-E-A-R-T. And it starts because it starts like that because it's Jabari has heart. Everything I do is for my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so jhasheart.com. On YouTube or any other social media medium, it's at jhasheart. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of those. Um, yeah. Now, the public speaker as well. I'm a public speaker. I do keynote speeches, etc., etc. Talking about social emotional learning and then other type of topics. Um, you can find me at jabarihall.com. That is J-A-B-A-R-I-H-A-L-L.com. Um, and everywhere else, at Jabari Hall. Very easy, right? Mm-hmm. So you can contact me with, with me there. What I really try to leave with folks um, are two things. Mm-hmm. One is... One is my desire for them to be empowered. What does that mean, right? For you to feel authority over the decisions you make in life. Mm. Authority um, to act, feeling that it's righteous to do the things necessary to get something done. I empower people to do that, and I, and I urge people to feel empowered to do. Um, and folks often wonder, how do I get empowered to do, right? And it, it really goes back to developing self. Finding out what challenges you, what stops you or hinders you from feeling your best. Mm-hmm. Analyze that. Maybe it's hard sometimes, but sometimes it's easy. Analyze that. What's challenging you? What's stopping you? What's hindering you from being your best? When you want to smile... What's stopping you from smiling? Are you telling yourself, don't smile because we don't smile right now? I don't know. What are you telling yourself? Mm -hmm. Smile. Are you saying hello to people? Are you doing the right? Are you just being kind? What's stopping you? Figure that out. And if you don't want to be like that, find little opportunities for you to change that. Mm. So maybe you don't smile every day. Okay. Maybe you smile on Mondays. Maybe you smile on Thursdays. Maybe you say hello to every person you see on Saturday mornings. Do it little bit by little bit. And as you do it more, you'll become more empowered. Mm. So with anything you do, just do it in, in moderation, in little chunks that you can handle. And soon enough, you'll become something that you never thought that you were before. Mm. And then if it doesn't work, come to somebody like me <laughs> and I'll help you with that. Absolutely. But self-empowerment is so important because when somebody, is, when somebody feels good, when they feel happy, uh, they're able to interact in the world a little bit differently. When you're sad, you don't want to interact in the world or you're doing evil things or angry things to people when you don't even really need to. Mm-hmm. And you question yourself later on, why did I do that? It's not me. Well, it's not you. So don't do it and find ways to do it. 
and that's self-empowerment. That's one thing. Second, yeah. Second thing is, This belief in, in yourself. A lot of folks say, oh, I, I, uh, I believe in myself. Okay. So if you're in a, uh, a fight with a lion, this is a great, uh, a well-used analogy or example. If you're in a jungle, you're in a fight with a lion, hypothetically, you know, or you see a lion or a bear, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Are you going to run? You're going to play dead? You're going to fight the lion or whatever? What are you going to do? And if you believe in yourself and you believe that you can get away, your instincts is going to operate in a way where uh, uh, it shows your belief in yourself. So if anybody's you got to get away, you're going to move like you got to get away. But if you're going to fight this line, you're going to find something to fight this line. But your instincts are going to relate to your belief. Mm. But if you now believe that it's like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I don't know what to do. I'm going to panic. I'm going to, you know, um, uh, then that instinct is going to um, then interpret and lead into some kind of action where you are frantic and don't know how to act. So that's a simple example to show how much do you believe in yourself to get out of any situation, to do anything, to, to, to survive. So I ask people this question, and sometimes they, it depends on their answer. And if they tell me, you know, Oh, I'm gonna fight the lion. I'm going to walk out this jungle with the lion skin on my back. You know, I tell people that all the time. For me, they say that. I'm like, okay, great. Then act like every day is that lion. Mm-hmm. Act like in the morning time is that lion, and believe in yourself that much to 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 to, to not let the lion defeat you mm-hmm. that day. So when you're walking outside or you're driving in the morning, you're frustrated. No. You're not, I'm not going to be defeated. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe that I have the ability to do my best. Mm. Uh, whatever challenge you come up with or come up against, believe that you have the ability to overcome. And then when it relates to work or when it relates to you wanting to be an entrepreneur, wanting to follow a dream of yours, wanting to be better in a relationship, right? Find some place where you can believe that it's possible. I say some people go to a spiritual sense of things, mm-hmm. a religious part of things. Go to someone who can help guide you that way, maybe a friend or a colleague. Uh, go to a family member and help question and ask things and see if, you're, um, have the, see if you have the ability to do it. Either way, any way you can, develop this self-belief. Mm-hmm. Because when you believe that if I follow this dream, it's going to be possible for me. When you believe that um, if I decide to act, I'm going to be successful, mm-hmm. more often than not, you're going to be successful. More often than not, you're going to accomplish that dream. Mm-hmm. But it really starts with, with believing in yourself. Mm-hmm. And those may not be the best examples for helping people to believe in themselves. They're like, man, I'm still, I still don't believe in myself. Sure. But the key behind it is understanding that before you really achieve anything that you want to achieve in life, you have to believe in your ability, mm-hmm. believe in you. So that's why we leave, leave them with. 
That's perfect. Man, yeah. it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much again. I know it's been a long day and yeah. even a longer week for you. Um, I'll let you go. But yeah. again, thank you so much. I look forward to continuing conversations with you in the future. And uh, I wish you the absolute best in everything you do. Most success, most blessings uh, to you, thank you and your family. And, God uh, bless you as well, sir. Absolutely. And uh, I'll see you again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks. Okay. All right.